Los Angeles, California on the MTV Podcast Network. This is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. Sitting across the table from me. I had something for this. <laughs> I forget what it is. The Enchantress. The Enchantress herself. That's good. That's good. Get it. Molly Lambert. Molly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to North Mollywood. Molly, on Sunday, because I hate myself, I went to go see Suicide Squad alone. 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 Well, I don't know anybody that I would. Like a true Joker. <laughs> exactly. Like a true, not with no squad, my Suicide Squad of one. Where did you see it? The Vista? Arc Light. I wanted to see it at the Vista, which is my preferred place to see movies. But you uh, needed that good sound. I needed that. Well, I needed that good time of day was really what it was. And did you Vista, see it at like 10 in the morning? No, I saw it at, 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 at nighttime um, at the Arc Light on a Sunday, which was it was pretty dead, that, that theater. Did you ask other people to go and they said no? Or you just were like, this is too embarrassing. I'm not even going to ask anyone. I don't think I know anybody who loves me enough that I would make them do that with me. Did you read the Suicide Squad comics? I'm familiar with the Suicide Squad comics. They were I liked them. I didn't I was never like a huge fan. When are they from? No, uh, well, they're they, it goes way back with like the the peak period in the era that they're the, is the kind of the late 80s. Okay. So it was a, it was like post it was one of the like newsstand comics that like got right up to the edge of where you could go in terms of like violence and kind of moral ambiguity that and stuff like that. That seemed like that late 80s comic book style yeah it's like we're sort of like in that we're we're digesting the kind of influence and the sort of impact of like dark knight returns in newsstand comics here's how this filters in and like batman got pretty intense in that period like regular batman was like pretty tough at that period too like batman's always pretty intense yeah but it was not like it was your it was not like your 60s batman it was your 80s batman he was hitting people with car batteries and stuff like that so it's across the board that whole thing not my favorite batman i like the campy batman I'm alone in this, probably. No, I love the campy. You Batman. love the campy Batman. Batman 66. Yeah. Shout out to Bat Labels at Bat Labels on Twitter. I think. Go follow that or so Instagram. So did they? Did they retcon? To use a comic nerd word. Do it. Did they retcon Harley Quinn into the Suicide Squad? I think that was like a later version. I like they, they sort of added her in because it makes sense. I think it's a concept that they have tr- revived, but none of the revivals have been. I don't think uh, have been as successful as like there was the the John Ostrander era in the late '80s, where like that was really the that was the cool era, and that's what they to the extent that there is a pre-existing Suicide Squad fan base. Like, not the fans of the DC movies. Like, that's who's, I guess, being targeted. But this isn't really for those people. This is for fans of the DC movies and that whole aesthetic. And, and I feel like the people I knew who were excited about it, it was because of Harley Quinn, who is a character from Batman the Animated Series. That's everybody. Yeah, that that is something I completely... I'm a Harley Quinn... That's a, that's a blind spot for me. And I know this, but it's but because anything that come, we've talked about this in terms of the X Men, like anything that comes from the anime, from the co- shows, right, the cartoons, you were less a purist. I'm not even a purist. Just you I'm, just were at the wrong age. For yeah, it. I exactly. I just was like that was what I you know when people uh, some people's frame of reference is the cartoon version. Some people think Gambit is a great character. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. You can't throw a card that why wouldn't you throw a ball bearing? Oh, come, right, on. come on. Let's not talk not about good, let's not go back the down implausibility this of powers. <laughs> Look, 
Um, so yeah, the Harley Quinn thing is obviously that's a huge draw, and that's something that I don't. But like people who watch the animated series like swear by like that Harley Quinn. Whatever. Oh, that I Harley swear Quinn by the animated is. series. The animated series is the best Batman thing that's ever existed. Yeah, I always dug it. I always thought it was cool. I just was never like it was. It was sort of I would encounter it. I never like you know. It's it's as dark as a children's cartoon can possibly be. It's not really a children's cartoon. It just was among them because it's animated. So this is also a movie about people enlisted to work for the cops, unlikely people enlisted to work for the man. It's a group of super criminals who... Who are all like rapists and murderers, and apparently... Yeah, I, they, 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 they skate around like what the worst things... Well, apparently that, those things got cut, but there was information in the movie about what their crimes were, and then they were like, we have to cut this. Right, well, they're all still... Yeah, this is the problem with it, really. It's that, like, first of all, the problem is that... It, because it has to fit in with the DC universe, Matt Singer wrote a great uh, piece about the 15 things about Suicide Squad that don't make sense. And the great thing about the piece is that there's actually like more than 15, like he could have kept going, you know, or the great thing about Suicide Squad, I guess. Uh, the plot is that uh, after the events of Batman versus Superman, with the possibility that there will be another Superman at some point who will not be friendly to our interests as a nation, we need to put together the Suicide Squad as a preemptive, in case of future Superman-like attack. Oh, so there's continuity? Oh, it's totally, yeah, no, it's wired into, there's show like the shot of Superman's funeral from the end of Batman versus Superman. That's a Wait, spoiler. Superman dies That's at the a, end. <laughs> look, I'm spoiling, I don't even care because like I thought nobody. they bond because both of their moms are named Martha, like my mom's name. They do. All right, so they we need the, the here's the first thing wrong with Suicide Squad is that they're like, okay, what if Superman? What if there's another Kryptonian who can uh, level buildings with his bare hands and like, has heat vision? We're gonna need a group of people. We're gonna need a, a lady with a mallet, guy, a guy who's really good at shooting stuff with guns. It's like the the concept of Suicide Squad is that they're like wet work. They're like you know the assassins who do the things that like you can't send Superman to do. Right. So you go knock off a dictator or something. They're but the this is like expendables. Yes. But this is like the superhero expendables if they had to fight like Galactus or something. It's like doesn't make any sense sort of the the reasoning behind like letting these crazy people out of prison doesn't make any sense at all. So when people are like looking at Viola Davis and kind of be like, I don't know about this, like it's actually you're like, yeah, I don't know about this either. Honestly. This seems like a pretty this dumb does, way to do this. This seems like a, like why wouldn't yeah I don't know like you have you're fighting like a guy who's like a you know a thousand nuclear weapons in power and like we you know this is somebody who's like really a marksman. To be fair, yeah, the government does hire secret contractors. Oh sure, <laughs> no that's ripped from the headlines. All kinds of fucked up stuff. That's yeah. But uh, I like that you're taking issue with the plausibility of Suicide Squad within a world that has Batman. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But it's it, the thing is though, here's the problem. It's like if this movie was like zany and weird and didn't make sense, if it was like Mystery Men or whatever, which is what it looked like it, it was going to be. It looks like a yeah, it, but it wants to be all of those things. It wants to be realistic and dark and like this is what it's really like. This is what superheroes are really it's this is the fucked up shit, man. It's not like it's not none of your Superman's so guy like bored. So so bored already. It's like, uh, but the real problem. So I knew all that, like going in, like what it was going to be like, and you've seen it. It looks like they should have just released it directly to Hot Topic, you know, without passing theaters. Like it just has that look, and you think it's going to be. That's what made me interested. Yeah, I but thought, oh, this looks tacky. Yeah, at least on purpose. 
it's that purple and green on the bus mm-hmm. benches, and it's just it's re- it looks real '90s and real tacky. I saw the guys from Di- the guy from Diane Tord was mad because he <laughs> thought the the Joker they ripped off his style for the Joker. <laughs> sure, they ripped off a lot of people's style for the Joker. The Joker is kind of Scarface ish. And then you, the Joker's in the movie for 15 seconds. You know what? I didn't feel like there was too little Joker. Well, I'm that. sure, but <laughs> I, f- I felt like there was plenty of Joker <laughs> for the amount that I the amount that like the amount of work that. Apparently, Jared Leto did like for this for the amount of time he is on screen is Oscar crazy. Oscar winner Jared Leto. Oscar winner Jared Leto. Leto, let's call you know what? Let's mispronounce his name. Uh, you know what? I don't. Sorry, I don't actually know how you pronounce his name. I always thought it was Leto, but I don't know what it doesn't. It, you know, I, I don't pronounce it that often. But uh, the thing that really bugs his me about his name is Jordan Catalano. It is exactly. And I refuse to accept that he's like a, a serious actor now. Or or it like got inside the head of a serial killer. <laughs> he just does a voice. He's just doing it. Oh come on, Harley Quinn! Why get does in everyone the just do a voice for the Joker? <laughs> um, I finally saw the Tim Burton Batman, which was a movie that I famously had not ever seen. Uh, pretty good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's also amazing how different the aesthetics of those movies are because it's like right before cgi Mm -hmm. so there's no cgi yeah it's sets. it's just sets and matte paintings pinewood studios and there's like a big old crowd scene there's like not enough people in the crowd because they had to get however many extras so there's like a parade and there's like 20 people watching the parade i enjoyed that about it um but i also you know for something that's been a legendary performance for a very long time jack nicholson's joker Pretty good, pretty great. Who knew? <laughs> it's fun. It's a. It's fun. It's but it's not that had a reputation at the time of being this intense kind of dark thing, and it's really campy and really. It's like, really campy. Well, it's like Batman is funny, which makes you like Batman more than you normally do when he's like, oh, "I'm Batman and I have no jokes. I'm just here to kill everybody." No, Keaton's the best Batman because yeah. he's ironic about it. He recognizes that this is insane on some level because Michael Keaton's good at that. That's. Yes. What you hire him for. So wait, does this mean that if you've not, if you're only just now seeing the Tim Burton Batman, does this mean that uh, Batman Returns is in your future? You've not yet seen the Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer Yeah, I haven't Catwoman? yet seen uh, Batman Returns. Oh, Molly. That's this, the better one? Tim Burton made you a movie and left uh. it in the past for you. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, I'm familiar with your, your Catwoman. Your Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman seems, seems pretty cool. People don't like the Penguin though, right? Or they... So I guess people don't. Here's the thing about this. I've heard people say the penguin is silly, which again seems like the wrong complaint to make about a Batman universe. He's silly, but then he's like silly. He's then he's scary. It's basically the Batman Returns is the one where Tim Burton kind of admits, like, you know what? I'm the least interesting character to me is Batman. So I'm going to focus on. Well, everyone thinks that, right? It's the rogues gallery is the fun part, which is why you would think Suicide Squad might be fun, except. Nobody knows any of these characters. No. And they're just, they're all just, they have characteristics, but they don't really have any. Like, they, well, here's the thing. They really sort of like, they lavish kind of attention on them in the beginning. That's there's the whole, the, the, basically this movie was recut apparently, like with a lot of suggestions from the people who cut the trailers. That's what I heard. And you can tell because the whole beginning of it is basically a long a trailer. trailer for the movie. Here's and, this character. And it's just like putting dossiers on the table. They have this like, power. Yeah. That then, might come in handy later. Yes. Uh, the thing that bugs me about it, so in general, like I feel like the the Marvel movies are for like a forty year old's inner twelve year old, and the DC movies are for a twenty five year old's inner sixteen year old. Yeah, and you know who I blame for this, but 
we won't get into that <laughs> this we week because we, we talked about that last week. But uh, let's just say the entire movie industry being geared towards 12-year-old straight boys, not my favorite thing about movies, especially yeah. superhero movies. And when people complain about superhero movies being misogynistic and racist, especially I heard that a lot about Suicide Squad from people. And then everybody else was like, well, what do you expect? It's a superhero movie. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Other people like superheroes besides your, like, Redditor basement fanboys who hate women and minorities. Yeah, that doesn't follow one from the other. No, especially if you're, like, a scrappy, ragtag group of superheroes, not just a Batman, you know, vigilante nightmare person. Yeah. So, uh, here's the thing about it real fast. It's bad, but it's not bad for the reason everybody thought it was going to be bad, which which is that moody 16 year old thing everybody thought like this is going to be just geared towards those people and they're kind of you know hating the world and hating their dads and wanting to you know just fuck shit up it seemed like the pop punk superhero movie which is what made me excited about it yeah that's what you want it to be and you want it to be real nihilistic but it's clear that at some point whatever i don't know about like there's all these different stories about cuts of this movie and like what how it became what it became but there was definitely there was certainly there's clearly a point where someone came in or a group of someone's and said, this needs to kind of like, Will Smith might want to make 10 of these. So Deadshot needs to be a nicer guy. Like that everybody needed a redemption arc and needed to be nicer. So there's like Will Smith, Deadshot has a young daughter who wants him to get on the straight and narrow, but still loves him even though his life lives a life of crime. I feel like Will Smith isn't even like how they're leading this movie though. I feel like it's all been Margot Robbie and all the promotional stuff. Well, that's because Will Smith's character is really boring. But that doesn't mean that Will Smith is not... Yeah, but it's Will Smith in a superhero movie, which we've never had except in... uh, What's it called? You count Men in Black? Men in Black? No, I'm not counting Men in Black. I'm calling... What's the one where he... Hancock. Oh, Hancock. (laughs) I love Hancock. (laughs) Hancock's dope. Shout out to Hancock. Shout out. Shout out to Hancock. The the end of Hancock is so bananas. Have you not seen Hancock? Hancock is so good, like up until they the third act of Hancock, and then it becomes great because it goes insane. Like there's something like it's like I don't know if it's if that was what it was supposed to be the whole time, or if they just were like this needs to go to a crazy place. But like the thing that happens at the end of Hancock is just I can't even. You got to watch Hancock. Does uh, I'm a Superman of, die? <laughs> yes. No. It's just it's so fascinating. I can't even. I can't do All it right, justice. I'll watch Hancock. Yeah, Hancock. Um, yeah, no, he's just in the ensemble, which is interesting, but like he's Will Smith, so he kind of gets, I assume he gets to put his thumb on the scale a little bit in terms of characterization and kind of say like, well, I don't want to be a totally terrible guy. I'd like to be a somewhat redeemable anti-hero type of person. And so eventually everyone has to start being nice to each other. There's like a 10 minute scene where they all hang out in a bar and kind of talk about what it's like to be a criminal. I mean, I realize I'm making it sound better, but the problem is not that it's like, basically the problem is not that it's nihilistic and sort of just dark for no reason. It's that it's dark for no reason, but then it has been kind of watered down to make it lighter. And so that mix of things is just like a mess. You know, there's many other things wrong with it, but that's that's my real problem with it. Is it it doesn't it doesn't even commit to that tone of you know just everything sucks and like this is the dark side of the dark already pretty dark DC universe. Um, so Suicide Squad, uh, there will be five more of them. You think? Nah, probably. Probably it made so much money, right? It made enough money for to, like people like it had a you know whatever it had like a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes and made four bazillion. It doesn't dollars matter for, though. Yeah. It's just name recognition. That's why they're making Tetris the movie as a three-parter. <laughs> Seriously, 
Not kidding. <laughs> Tetris to the rise of uh, L-shaped <laughs> Tetris. <laughs> Tetris three, the square returns. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. No, it's exciting. I, does it take place in? Are they gonna are they gonna whitewash it or is it gonna be with Russians? Yo, somebody has to come up with this. Somebody has to write the script for Tetris the movie. And the point is that it doesn't matter what's in the script or in the movie because just like whoever's gonna see Tetris the movie already knows. Just from me telling you that there's a movie of Tetris. Oh, what's that about? I like Tetris. That is like at the outside edge of like what there could possibly be a fandom for. I understand that there might be people who feel that way about like Qbert. Right. He's lovable. I didn't know there were fans for Suicide Squad though. They're out there, but I don't think, I think it's like being a fan. You're just a fan of the franchise. You're just a fan of these DC movies and you want DC to win over Marvel and you want like, you just, you're just helping them. It's like, like we've, you know, you just want to help them across that thing to the next Justice League. Doesn't it just seem like comic book culture has gone from being a thing for underdogs to being like the thing of bullies? Who still think that they're underdogs. That's the worst part. Oh, kind of like tech guy culture also. Just like, oh, you're not ripped, but you're a different kind of nightmare person. You can't beat me up physically, but you are just terrible in other ways. Just, yeah, beat me up with with tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. Boo, boo, boo to that. Booicide squad. More like like booicide squad. Were you like the guy sitting in the theater with your arms crossed by yourself while there were like children enjoying the movie and you're like, shut up, I'm trying to watch this very serious movie. Well, no, it was like nine o'clock, but there were definitely people like laughing at the jokes in Suicide Squad. Right. Which is is funny because this makes like, I, I was like, I think like those Marvel movies like get a lot of credit for being in the form of funny, you know, like like that Guardians joke shaped joke shaped moments occur in like Guardians of the Galaxy, and you're supposed to laugh, but like this is like this is really like there's a lot of I kind of enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. I like it more and more now. With like when I've I've watched it again on TV, and I'm like, this is actually like a fun. Well, it also like has a director who clearly knows the material in a way that works. Yeah, but it's also the fun of that one. It's the one that has to do the least heavy lifting, even though it's introducing all these like cosmic Marvel things. It has to do the least kind of heavy lifting of plot and like moving things into place and kind of introducing characters who need to go on in the future. Like this clearly is supposed to be like you'll you will see them. The Suicide Squad show up in a Justice League movie at some point. This is like they're they're really trying to build out some kind of problem with superhero movies, among other things, is I just get so bored of origin stories. Like, why don't we just get one superhero movie? that's in media stress where like someone's already a superhero when the movie starts they've already done some stuff and everybody exists in a world where there are superheroes not just like like how many times have we seen batman's parents get killed (laughs) it's it is it is interminable i mean look we just go through it every time we have a new spider-man every three years but batman's parents don't get killed in the tim burton batman somebody else gets killed in front of crime alley yeah, it's like a re- he has a flashback of like yeah, something brings it up. But it's for not him. his parents; it's like some other opera goers or something. No, it's his parents, right? No, I don't no, think yeah, so. That, I think they rewrite that. They 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 make it so that the Joker killed his parents. They tidy up that origin. I feel like. Oh, no, I'm gonna know. have to watch Batman for the second time. I might. We might both have to go okay. back to '89 <laughs> for that. Anyway, uh, Tim Burton's Batman in uh, video Still stores the best now. Super. Yeah, <laughs> now get on, those big on VHS. That big puffy VHS case <laughs> in the plastic box. In the plastic box. Uh, we'll be right back and Molly's going to answer every question you've ever wanted to ask her. Why so serious? Welcome back, everybody. 
this is a thing that we do from now on <laughs> when uh, we don't have a second segment. I put a call out on Twitter asking for some questions. I said, ask Molly anything. I mean, I can also answer these questions as needed, but... Uh, no, you can't. I, some, I, mean, I could. It wasn't ask Alex anything. No, I know. It triple A. No, it was not that. It was not that. I know what my answers to some of them are. Some of them I have no idea. Okay, um, you might get to have an opinion. Okay. I don't need to. I can have it and not express it. No, you have to possible. It. <laughs> Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in with a question from our good friend, podcasting and radio legend, if you think of those as two separate mediums, or broadcasting legend. Jane Marie asks, as you may already know, which is the best part of this question, <laughs> I'm curious to hear anyone's thoughts on the wave-particle duality of photons. We have with us, actually, for this answer only, although Molly, feel free if you have thoughts on the wave-particle duality of no, photons. No, I'm going to phone a friend. Our friend... Jonathan Goldner, MTV's Jonathan Goldner. Hey guys, in from New York for yep. just this purpose. Uh, FedEx was very uncomfortable, but it was fast, so here we are. Here we are. I read this aloud in the room yesterday, thinking it would just be funny for everyone to hear it. Thinking it was sort of a facetious question because I asked specifically, I think, for things that we were unqualified to answer, and Jonathan kind of perked up. Yeah, my head snapped around like you, like you were ringing the dinner bell. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Science? Do you have, I, I, and I was not going to ask you because I thought it was sort of, it was, it was presumptuous of me to assume that, uh, you know, as a, a tech guy, you have all of the nerddoms, <laughs> that you have any overlapping full, nerddoms. Full spectrum. I, th I assume you're just driving Ferraris and like getting in bar fights when you're not, you know, doing uh, product things, but. Oh yeah, that's just, that's just physics and engineering and vectors. That's all good. <laughs> okay. Do you have any thoughts? I'm against it. <laughs> No, it's actually, it's, it's kind of cool. So uh, like back in the day when no one knew how anything in the universe worked, uh, people like to think of things as like billiard balls, right? That's like kind of what we all learned in, in, in the eighth grade. And uh, photons kind of like don't want to be measured. And there's all that like Schrodinger's cat, I'm alive, I'm dead simultaneously. So the simple answer to the wave particle duality question is if you do an experiment that tests whether or not light is a particle, you will get a positive result, you will get a yes. And if you do an experiment that says, is it a wave, you will also get a positive result, you will get a yes. So basically light will say yes to whatever you ask it in that question. It is a wave of particles. Ooh, it's a wave and a particle. Mm -hmm. it's, it's alive both. and dead. It's alive and dead, yeah. I, I was trying to research this so that I could, you know, weigh in in this conversation. You could debate whether or not my answer is true. No, I just wanted to know just kind of what, I, I, like, even what Jane was asking about. And then you, you were know? like, this isn't about late 80s comics. And I was like, no, no, thank you. No, I, I, Wait, I am are we a talking, fan. Are we talking about Secret Wars next? We were talking, you we missed the Suicide Squad <gasps> conversation. I was, I, it's like, it, like, I started reading about Niels Bohr and getting yep. lost in the, the world of Niels Bohr. Niels Bohr Don't, seems Double slit experiment, you down on that now? I saw I saw the double slit experiment. Some Rutherford. That yes. A little little bit of that. Uh, Niels Bohr said there is no quantum world. There is only an abstract quantum physical description. It is wrong to think the task of physics is to find out how nature is. Physics concerns what we can say about nature, which I thought was beautiful. You prepped for this much more deeply than I did. I have a computer. Yeah, that's that's true. You do have a computer. Uh, but uh, is there a follow-up about string theory? Do I need to go there? Are we good on, on wave particle billiard balls? 
we may have you back. But that was a beautiful explanation. That was a great it's, answer. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. Thanks. So well, now applause, we know. applause from the crowd. Thank you, Jonathan Goldner. It's my pleasure, guys. Next question comes from Liz Robau. I apologize. I'll be mispronouncing all the names today. Uh, thoughts on the Snoop Martha cooking show? Oh, I'm so in. I'm very big on the Snoop and Martha friendship, celebrity uh, friendship. Of all the celebrity friendships, it feels the most real to me. Right, because it's not. It, no one would think of it. Well, it's as like a good they idea. they did it randomly for like the MTV uh, movie awards or the VMAs. I can't remember. Bad MTV knowledge here for not knowing, but it. I remember specifically being like, "Oh, that is funny." Martha Stewart is making jokes about all the weed she smokes, and no one expects this because she has such a clean, uptight image. Um, but she's obviously really cool, and I love her. And I just, I think I sort of start writing fan fiction in my head of like, oh, what about like the one night that they, you know, <laughs> their faces touch? Because uh, I would love for them to be an actual couple because they have like great chemistry and they seem to really like each other. And I, when I was on vacation recently, I ended up watching all of the Comedy Central roasts for some reason. I think starting with like, I wanted to see the Trump roast and be like, hey, wasn't this like three years ago <laughs> that this guy was getting roasted on Comedy Central. Yeah, didn't the idea of Donald Trump used to be amusing? Well, at the end of his roast, he goes, by the way, I'm running for president next. I think, well, didn't he, he ran before. There was another, he had a third party run that Probably, didn't go anywhere. yeah, I but think that's that like way, at the end. He's yeah. like, next up, the presidency. And you're like, ha ha, he's not kidding. Oh, he's been threat. He's been threatening for years. We just didn't see it. Because he also, there's that Eminem video. That was an MTV thing where he does, it's in the vault. You can see him uh, talking about, he introduces Eminem at a presidential rally for the, I think for Shady 45 right. when that came out. And like he gets up there and sort of speaks to a riled up political crowd of young people on a podium with like a state seal on mm-hmm. it. And it's a very out of strange, out of body experience to watch it today. Cause you can see him. It's almost as if he's like, huh? <laughs> well, the best part of the Trump roast is Martha Stewart and Snoop are both, uh, on the panel. The dais is, I believe what it's called. Yep. Uh, and just during the roast Snoop's on a lot of them. He just gets like more and more stoned until he, is just laughing and can't really keep his eyes open. Right, by he the becomes end. an audience member, but yeah. End. It's just... um, so yeah, I will totally watch that. I, I enjoy all of Snoop's uh, ventures. I'm a big Snoop fan and I love Martha Stewart because she's cool. And I loved when she went to jail and taught everybody how to make quilts. She was the coolest person in the world. Um, yeah. Uh, Simon from MTV, Simon Vozik Levinson, wants to know what kind of deep sea creature is most like OJ, thereby hitting two major points of the Mollywood. Is this why you were looking up killer whales? No, actually. We're going there. We're getting there. I'm going to go with killer whales. Yeah. You know why? Because I've learned a lot about killer whales. Let's just go straight into it. Because um, they're famous and they kill things? <laughs> They're in shows, they perform, they're performers, and then the, but they will kill you if they get angry at you, I guess. Um, okay, so there's a question, actually. Here's why I was looking up Killer Whales. Stephen Bell wants to know, where do you guys fall on the humpback orca wars? Did you see this video? This, there were some photos. Oh, I guess. of the humpback fighting the orca? Yes. For people, who, for people who didn't see it, there was some people, whale watchers, going out taking pictures of whales, and suddenly they were treated to something they were not expecting, which is a rumble in the sea between killer whales and humpback whales. 
I want all the sea creatures to get along, which is not how the sea works. No. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always rooting for like the big whale. The bigger, the cooler. That's my answer. The big whale is the one to root for. The oh, killer yeah. whale is, look, we, we have a thing for, we feel for the killer whales because when they're alone in SeaWorld, it's sad, you know? And like, they, they turn them into like a sea panda. Yeah, but they got those terrifying sharp teeth. They're not a whale, first of all. Right. First of all, killer whales. You're a big old dolphin. They're like an evil dolphin. <laughs> the also, mean dolphin. dolphins are kind of evil. Yeah, I feel like dolphins are dicks. Well, they, they rape. <laughs> they, do. they rape humans. They gang rape each other. And they and the humans as well. And humans, they're, but only... They're like people who want to have sex with dolphins. And it's always like, no, you can't have sex with dolphins because they will have sex with you and it'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a whole thing about like a secret community of people that were like, here's the underground information about how to get dolphins to have sex with you. And then other people were like, no, you can't do it, even though it's what you want the most. <laughs> I, I hate and love that I am like probably three clicks on Reddit away from knowing how to have sex with a dolphin. <laughs> That's what the Internet's for. It's all leading to that. Well, yeah. It's like you would think dolphins are like these cute little like smiley cuties. But no. Do they have like razor sharp dicks? Um, they're just like huge dicks. I think, <laughs> I think is the answer. So it's the horse problem. Yeah. Underwater. Yeah, you can't have sex with other animals for reasons besides that you shouldn't. Morality. For yeah. morality reasons, like you physically, your body can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go straight into this one because it's it's related from Chris Morgan. The method of your death has been predetermined to be via sea creature. Which one do you want to do the deed? Do I want or like what would be the worst? I mean, you can answer. I, I get he asked, do you, which one do you want? Which one would you prefer? How would you prefer to go if you're going to be killed by something in the ocean? Well, I mean, that's a good question. Do you have an answer to this question? I have like so many answers. I think I, my initial one, my first reaction was swallowed by a whale just for the story. Just, well, that's your first reaction, but whales aren't trying to swallow you. You can't actually. I looked it up. You can't be swallowed by a whale. Really? Their throat's too small. <laughs> regardless of the size Pinocchio of the Pinocchio is a lie. Pinocchio is bullshit. There's a lot. Of, so it turns out there's a lot about Pinocchio that's not reality. <laughs> um, no, you can, uh, the, uh, regardless of the size of the whale, the size of the whale's gullet is, is very small and you can get, you know, you can't, couldn't go down that drain. So basically you could get crushed to death against its like palate, I guess, mm -hmm. or its baleen. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. Blue whales have uh, baleen, so you couldn't even, it's for straining plankton, the I biggest whale. I know what whale. baleen is. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the, the, Big you know, krill. the kids. Drew the, Hill. Um, <laughs> I, so I want to go with um jellyfish i want to yeah. go with um let's go with ear kanji jellyfish which are the tiny kind um and they poison you it's like death by a thousand cuts so um, you'd want a mass of jellyfish i just think it would be like really satisfying for your last few moments to be like swimming through a cloud of jellyfish it seems kind of fun that's true. I yeah, I was thinking like the ones that are like you know the, the, the whatever the most venomous jellyfish is like the sea wasp. I think the irukandji might be. I mean, maybe this nature documentary I watched about them misled me. But they're they're the box jellyfish. They're like a the tiniest. I just like the idea of a tiny thing being the deadliest for yeah. personal reasons. I would whatever is instant death. That's, yeah. I mean that which is a cop out because there's a lot of bad ways. Like I wouldn't want to get you know torn limb from limb thrashed around by an orca. But are we talking about like most dramatic? 
or just like easiest. I think there's a so reveal something about you if you want a really dramatic like I would like to be <laughs> I would like to be in the jaws of an orca and then hit by <laughs> lightning as it was happening. If you have a self-dramatizing tendency. I don't know. Like, do you want to be killed at SeaWorld by an orca just for the bragging rights, just so that maybe your death could bring I some like attention to I like the idea the... for the bragging rights well, that you'll I, have after I, your death. But I said for the story, like, I could tell that story. No, but, like, maybe you could bring some attention to the conditions at SeaWorld by your death, through your death. I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, real fast, because there's one good one that's actually a sort of public service question. Claire Lobenfeld wants to know, what are the things a lifelong New Yorker should know going into her move to L.A.? Huh. Uh, keep an open mind. Don't compare things in L.A. to things in New York because they will be different. Things are more spread out. Oh, and don't don't try to get dinner after 9 p.m. anywhere because you will be out of luck. Because we yeah. are just a little old West town. We do roll up the sidewalks. We do. Around here. Pick a two-mile uh, radius from where your friends live and live inside of that circle because yes. you will never see them otherwise. <laughs> It'll be the same as having a friend who lives in Portland. Isn't that true in New York, though? Beach. Like People just go to their apartments, and then they're like, okay, I'm in my apartment now. That's the, the end of my day. Yeah, but you're on an island the size of this room, so you can just kind of, you can always change your mind and I walk know, outside. I know. Whenever I go to New York, I'm like, everyone's going to come out and meet me, and it's so easy to get around, and everyone's like, eh, come to me. Come to Bushwick. Come oh. to Bushwick. And I'm like, I'm in Brooklyn. I came all the way to Brooklyn from Queens, where I'm usually staying. Uh, That's more of a New York tip. Sorry, this is we're giving New York advice. Um, Cinefamily membership is a much better bargain than the ArcLight membership, I'd say. Oh, that's what I'd say. Cinefamily, shout out to Cinefamily. There's more questions, but we're going to get to these at a later date. A lot of them are about anime, so I think that's a whole another segment. Ooh. For the anime heads, we'll be back. you know, with more talk of Gundams. Uh, Molly, thank you. Are the Gundams mobile? I believe they're all mobile. Excellent. There are no, there are no stationary no Gundams. No stationary Gundams. Stationary Gundams is a, a not very popular anime. All right. Mecha Molly and Mecha Alex. Suicide Squad out. This episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at MTV Podcasts, and subscribe to this and other MTV Podcasts on iTunes.